Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, Episode 1. You're listening to the three hottest, newest guys on the sports scene. We appreciate you for tuning in. The voice you hear right now is Robert, and I'm here today as always, as I always will be going forward with my brothers, my friends, my buddies. I don't know what else you can say for friends and whatever, but I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to my boys, Carlos and Ramon. Say what's happening. Man, what's going on, man? I'm excited, man. That was a hell of an intro, man. Thank you for introducing us, man. I'm excited to get this going. I'm coming from San Antonio, originally from Zachary. Let's get this going. Yeah, man. Same here. Ramon Hardy from Zachary, Louisiana. Um, we really been putting in a lot of work. I know y'all been seeing some of the stuff we've been doing, but we really just been ready to get talking sports, man. So let's just get this going right now. And as always, you know where to find us, just like you click this link. If you like what you hear today, make sure you copy and paste that link, send it to your friend, text your friend. If you're really feeling us, repost that logo and shout us out on Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. That's O underscore Benchwarmers. And as well, if you're still old school and you use Facebook, we got you too. Just search Opinionated Benchwarmers in the search and you'll find us. And just like that page, share that page, share our content and there you'll find our rankings. You'll find all types of graphics that sports fans can appreciate. But let's not, you know, keep them waiting too long. I know let's the anticipation is high. Yeah, let's so go, let's, let's go, go ahead and get into, let's start with our rankings, guys. Our NFL prospect rankings. Uh, we had a little buzz with them. We had a little, you know, it seemed like every post yeah, we had, yeah, yeah. Uh, people had a lot to say. But we're opinionated bench warmers for a reason. That's because we're opinionated. So, Let's get. Let's start off with the running backs. I know that that was a hot topic when we posted yeah, yeah, those. Yeah. Um, I mean, our rankings just go as follows. I'm going for the listeners. I'm just gonna go through them right fast. Saquon Barkley at number one, Darius Geis at number two out of LSU, Ronald Jones out of USC, and Sonny Michelle out of University of Georgia, and Nick Chubb out of University of Georgia at number five. Uh, I know that that was an issue some guys had with us having Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle at four and five. Uh, Carlos, you want to get into why we rank those like that? Well, but the number one thing, I think uh, you look at the top two guys on there, they got a good percentage of the carries in, uh, when they were in college. You good know, point. Like, good you know, point. The guys kind of um, split the carries in college, so it's almost like, you know, you got to go with the guys that you, that was proven that can carry the rock. Right, I the workhorses. Work I horses. agree. What you think? You like you like that guy, guys? <laughs> yeah, bro. You know I always got the LSU bias, bro. Yeah, right. Come on, bro. You know I always got that. But just seeing guys for so many years, I mean, I've been paying attention to Darius Guys since he was on the recruiting scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw him when he was in high school, following him through there, and just seeing his impact at LSU. Yeah. I mean, he followed Leonard Fournette. He mm-hmm. followed Leonard Fournette, and it wasn't a drop-off with him there. So that tells you how special he is. I mean, we saw the impact Leonard had in his first season. So, you know, I feel pretty much the same about Geis. Yeah, and I like Geis, the fact that he was able to come in when uh, Leonard Fournette got hurt in his last year. and uh, I mean, he had a great sophomore year. Right, no uh, drop-off. No drop-off at all. He was ready to step up in there. Uh, he's a fierce running, a very violent runner. Uh, I think he's going to have an excellent NFL career. And I think that people are, you know, I think that Saquon is so good and, you know, so remarkable. He's the number one guy in the draft, in my opinion, overall player in the draft. Yeah, 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 I definitely. think that sometimes he can be overshadowed in you know, Saquon's uh, uh, yeah, shadow. shadow. Yeah, kind of but don't get don't get it twisted. Uh, Geis is uh, every bit of a great running back, and whoever gets him, whoever's lucky enough to get him, uh, is going to have a great back. Um 
Anything else to add on there? Are y'all y'all good with the running backs? One thing I would I would ask, you know, will you guys see him him going in the draft? Mm. Guys, I don't think yeah. he's going. I don't think if he goes first round, it's gonna be late yeah, first. Round. I'm thinking late first, early second, maybe. Yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm thinking maybe top twenty. You know, that might be a little surprise to some people, but I'm thinking if he can get if the Seahawks can get their hands on him, yeah, that'll be a nice you know nice matchup yeah. for them. Yeah, that, that's an interesting yeah, I point. See that. I, can I can see, see that. Yeah. I definitely can see that. Yeah. Like a little baby Marshawn. Yeah. Right. He's worth it, but Yeah. So uh so let's talk about the linebacker class. It's a remarkable deep yeah. linebacker class this year. Um I, I really I really hate that we had to do one, two, three because I really feel like we could have done one A and uh one, one A and one B definitely. But we have we had to go with a couple, so we went with Rokon Smith out of University of Georgia, uh Traymond Evans out of Virginia Tech, some guys are trying to kill us saying Trey Monk should be the first one, but I think that Roquan, to me, is just a freak, yeah. freakish athlete. Uh, Rashawn Evans out of University of Alabama, Leighton Vander Esch out of Boise State, and Darius Leonard out of South Carolina State. Um, who you liking the best out of that linebacker class? I, I, I mean, I gave myself away. I like Roquan the best um, out of those guys. Uh, my surprise some people, but I like the guy out of Boise State. You know, he, he late he on the, yeah, 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 yeah. He came late on the scene, kind of. He was a late bloomer, but he gonna end up being a first rounder. You know, before my LA Rams traded their first round pick, we need a linebacker, inside linebacker. Um, you know, he was one of the guys that I was scouting at the time, and um, he, he's just an aggressive tackle. He finds the ball. You know, he he's a you know he's a turnover magnet also. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah, he reminds you of the guy out of uh, Carolina. Yeah, uh, Luke Keekley. You know, Keekley, I've yeah. said that before. Yeah, he, that he, he, he reminds does. me of Keekley. Uh, that's why I really like him. But I mean, we can't get past this and not talk about Tremont Edmonds that much. Yeah, I mean, right. About right. A nineteen-year-old. Yeah, Nineteen. I mean, yeah. this guy, the youngest player in the draft, is arguable. It's debatable between him and Roquan Smith. I can see your take on Roquan Smith. I would probably lean towards Edmonds, but just knowing that he's a nineteen-year-old, so. You know he still hasn't come close to what his peak is. So, and like I said, guys, if you wonder what we're discussing, we're discussing our rankings on our uh, IG, and that's our Instagram. Uh, you can find these rankings on our Instagram. We have them posted at O underscore Benchwarmers. So again, O underscore Benchwarmers. We have all these rankings posted there. So if you want to follow along with us, just go ahead and just pull that up, and that's what we're discussing now. So. We have some deep, good classes, which we admit the, the, the linebackers and the running backs, that's a deep class. They have a lot of talent there, but on the other end of the spectrum, they have the trash class of this draft <laughs> position-wise. <laughs> and we all can agree that the tight end class is very extremely weak. The wide receiver class is is just it's stupid weak. Yeah, it's, it's um, pretty bad. But let's start off with the tight ends, which bothers me a lot. Everybody knows that I'm a Saints fan. I don't try to hide it. I'm from Zachary, Louisiana, a Louisiana guy. So I'm a I'm a LSU guy because I graduated there, but I'm a Saints guy. I'm a avid Saints fan. And in most mock drafts I'm seeing, not our mock draft, but in most mock drafts I'm seeing, I'm, I'm a little worried, guys. They got us taking Mike Gesicki out of Penn State, which is the top tight end in our rankings. But uh, come on, guys. I, I mean, that's not a... A, a first round tight yeah. end in this draft. I'm, I mean, as no, you said I about think they the, shouldn't waste a first round pick on a tight end. Nobody should, you know, especially when you look at it. Like you got a guy like Jimmy Graham, the Gronks. They didn't really go first round, you know. Yeah, Graham went third round. Right. right. 
So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, but let's go through this rankings. Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, Mike Gasicki at number one out of Penn State. Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina at number two. Dallas Godart out of South Dakota, South Dakota State. Thank you. Yeah. Out of South Dakota State. And then we have Mark Andrews out of University of Oklahoma and Dalton Schultz out of Stanford. I understand Dalton Schultz being so highly titled because Stanford has produced some great tight ends. Well, you know, Fleener. Fleener, yes, your boy from the Saints, huh? No, nah, he's not my boy. <laughs> yeah, I call him. I call him. A, <laughs> I call him Fleener. No, no hands, Fleener. But uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a weak tight end class, and I mean, if we took up, uh, if we took with our twenty seventh pick, uh, tight end and Mike Kosicki instead of uh, Lamar Jackson out of Louisville to to proceed. Drew Brees, I'd be highly upset. Yeah, yeah. Highly nah, upset. I definitely feel you on that. Yeah. I think you can wait on that group. So the weak class of the wide receivers who yeah. I've been neglecting to get to. We have Calvin Ridley out of University of Alabama coming in as our number one receiver. As our number two receiver, we have Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. We have Deion Kane out of University of Clemson. And we have Cortland Sutton out of Southern Methodist University. SMU, bro. SMU. Keep SMU. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Then we have DJ Chuck out of LSU. Go Tigers. Uh, shout out to him. I think he's a sleeper. Yeah, that's um, definitely a sleeper. But let's begin with the number one receiver in our rankings and who we do truly believe is the number one receiver in this draft. He's the number one draft prospect. But he's tw- he he's yeah. just as old as a third-year receiver in yeah. the league. Like, he's the same age as Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks is going into his fourth season. So it's a little disturbing with the age because what you see is what you get. Yeah, he's uh, close he, to his peak. He ran a 4-4 at the combine, which is typical wide receiver speed. I don't think that he can take the top off of a defense. Um, I do think he's a decent route runner. But lo and behold, that's your number one receiver in this draft. And, you know, that, that – you know, that that just saying if he's your number one, it's a yeah. pretty weak class. Yeah, it kind of speaks to that group. Um, honestly, to me, out of the group, and once again, you hear my LSU bias with the whole guy situation and not DJ Chark. Preach um, to the people. But to me, DJ Chark is going to be the one out of this class that I think when you look back on it a few years from now, you're going to say that guy was the still, you know, amongst this group. You know, you for so many years, we've been battling not having great QB play at LSU. And so for DJ Chark to put up the numbers that he did with the subpar quarterback play, um, it just shows you kind of the special athlete that he is. And then he followed that up at the combine with running the 4-3 um, and just kind of measuring out well at everything else at the combine. So I think he's kind of the guy among this group. Yeah, I like the DJ Chark uh, when you got a guy that's running a 4-3 that can take the top off. But, you know, I, I look at him as being a guy that, that really can, you know, uh, go to a team like Carolina, who's who, who you needs want to be your division. No, I would prefer not, <laughs> but you know, it I think the match though, right? It would be a good match because Cam is lacking weapons over there. You know, Greg Olson's getting a little older. Uh, I do think that you know the Cam. That's where he suffers. They want him to do it all by himself. I think he'd be a good weapon for him. So. But, you know, we mentioned all the wide receiver positions and everything, so we're going to talk about the high type of this deep, deep, extremely deep QB class. Uh, I mean, we'll just run them off. We got Josh Rosen, Sam Donald out of USC. We got Josh Allen as number three uh, coming out of Montana. We got Lamar Jackson as number four with the Cardinals. And then we got Baker Mayfield out of University of Oklahoma. I'm just going to get right to it, guys. I'm going to put y'all on the spot, man. Who Who's your favorite quarterback in the draft, man? 
Who? I, I, my favorite quarterback in the draft right now, and you know, if you look across, you know, the NFL and mock draft, you see him going probably like the, the second or third quarterback going up draft, which I think that'll be a mistake. But my favorite quarterback is Josh Rosen. I think Josh Rosen is going to end up being the best quarterback from this class, and possibly, which is kind. Of, this is kind of bold, but. I think he's going to end up being that Hall of, Hall of Fame quarterback if he put in the right mm. situation with the right weapons. But I like him because of his footwork. You know, he has the the, the, the background of being a tennis player, which kind of gives him that, you know. That's Man, come on. <laughs> that's going to be your thing. He eats yeah. precisely with his left hand. <laughs> he's a great driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely like him, though. You know, he has the quick feet. You know, that's what that means to me. You know, when you're a tennis player, you got to have quick reactions. And so, you know, he I've seen another stat where he completed 63% of his passes against the blitz. You know, that's what NFL teams want because, you know, uh, teams are going to blitz rookie quarterbacks. So I think he's probably going to be the best quarterback coming from this class. Yeah, I mean, actually, I agree with you. I mean, I know we just gave you a hard time about the tennis part, but I actually agree with you. I'm a big Josh Rosen fan um, for kind of the same reason as you said. He has all the tools. I mean, his mechanics are sound. Uh, He has the arm strength. As you mentioned, the accuracy, even when he's facing the blitz and all of that. Um, And also, too, man, the the IQ is off the charts. I mean, this is a guy a very intelligent guy. I mean, even... Um, even his former coach, even though he didn't say all the greatest things about him, he did mention how high his IQ was. And um, I like the confidence. I mean, you're talking about a guy that from day one is already saying that basically he wants to be the GOAT. He said Brady what? Brady got, what, five now? He said if Brady has five, he's going to get six. He said if Brady gets six, he's going to get seven. So wow. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I like the moxie. I like him. So. Deshaun Watson said that too, man. That, right. I mean, guys got to quit. Man. I mean, I, I but love Deshaun, the mentality, but I mean, come but I mean, on, Deshaun's man. first year before the the injury, the ACL injury, looked pretty good. Yeah, I understand, and I really, really, really want to. I'm gonna talk about my favorite quarterback in this draft, but I really, you brought up a great point, so I hopefully I don't forget. But we're gonna get to that. But my favorite player in this draft, you know, he, you know. He threw for he threw for twenty eight touchdowns. Um, he threw for over three thousand yards, and that's none other than Josh Allen. Uh, prototypical pocket passer, which you like, uh, standing at six five two thirty. And that reminds me of another guy who stands at around those same figures at about six five two thirty, around there. Carson Wentz, the the redhead out of Philadelphia. He turned out pretty good for Philadelphia. Okay. And, uh, you know, the consistencies between those guys will be beyond just the way that they look, prototypical. They were both recruited by Craig Bowl. Craig Bowl recruited Carson Wentz before he left North Dakota State, and he did the same in uh, recruiting Josh Allen to Wyoming. So there's a consistency here. Mm -hmm. Who am I to go against Craig Bowl? I mean, obviously he has an eye for something. He has an eye for recruiting uh, great prototypical quarterbacks, not to mention this guy can throw 60 yards with, you know, in a blink of an eye with, without breaking a sweat. He also has the ability to throw across the field and across his body. If any quarterback out there that's listening right now knows how tough it is to throw across the field, yet alone across your body, which means that he will be uh, he will be pretty, you know, with the blitzes that come, with the exotic blitzes that come, he'll be fine being flushed out of the pocket, as well as he ran a 4-7 like Wentz. And we know how mobile Wentz is. Josh Allen has great mobility too. So, I mean... 
whoever gets him is going to have a quarterback of the future. Yeah, I said it. He, he's going to be a franchise quarterback That's for both. someone That's very in both. this draft. I rest my case, Your Honor. So I think I think I think Josh Allen compares to uh, Joe Flacco more. Oh so come on, yeah. come on, man! No man, and you you see how that turned out? I mean, it didn't turn out bad. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna be. In. I mean, that's saying a lot. That Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl champion. That's yeah, true. That's but true. I, mean, I mean, come I on, man. I mean, what Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl too, though, right? I mean, so I mean, we can't. Hey, look don't at do you. that. To, don't do that. To shout out to Trent, man. I like what you're doing <laughs> with ESPN. Man. I'm, hey. I'm just saying. I'm just. He's saying. a great analyst. I don't know. It's just I, I understand what you're saying with the tools of Josh Allen and all that, but to me, the the accuracy concerns are are what I'm really concerned about. I mean, what he completed what about 53 or oh, so? You want to bring that up? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a legit issue. So, you know, you can say that somebody can throw the ball 70, 80 yards, but if they can't hit it, pinpoint to that receiver or that tight end, what's the point in them being able to get it out there 70 yards, you know? Yeah, okay. So, you mentioned, uh, Josh, Ramon, I like what you said about uh, bringing up Josh, I mean, uh, yeah, Josh Rosen yeah. and what Jim Morrow said about him. And for the listeners that really didn't know, but a couple of weeks ago, Jim Moore was asked about his former quarterback, and he was saying, you know, uh, that he's a millennial and he needs to be challenged intellectually to perform well. What do you guys think about? Like, how weak is that? You know, that was extremely weak to me because if I'm trying to get a job and my former and my former boss, who you supposed to have my back, you know, I'm I'm on the brink. Like, tell me that later, and yet alone tell me that personally. Why, why would you ruin, affect my draft, or try to affect or sabotage my draft position? I'd be surprised if Jim Moore was able to get the the recruits that he's able to get if he able decides to coach again. Because you got a coach that has proven that he doesn't have his players back. Right. No, I definitely. You know, one thing about that with Jim Moore, I think I respect his honesty. But at the same time, when you got a guy that's going through the biggest process of his exactly. life right it's now, the wrong time. over the next, you know, these three, four months are critical. These coaches, these NFL coaches are looking for anything and everything to pick at. You can't you can't say those type of things, you know. Exactly. You know, especially when you got the, the, the most important position, a quarterback. You know, you don't want to bust with that. You know, a team busting with the quarterback, that sets them back about four or five years. So I just think, you know, even if he thought that, that wasn't the time. You don't say that on no. national TV. And then tell tell the guy personally. Like, why right. you gotta say that out? You know, publicly like that. I think that was a real, real. I don't want to say classless, but it was a real, real low move for Jim Moore to me. I mean, it's, I think that's against the coach player code. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And and to me, it goes to even a point that we discussed before. If he ever gets back into the college scene and is coaching on that level. Hire his players that may eventually come to his school and then how are they going to feel about that? Are they going to feel that their coach is going to truly have their back? Because, I mean, in my mind, when you establish that relationship like that, even coming from the high school level to the college level, you establish a certain connection where that coach should have your back. That coach should be speaking up for you and not trying to speak against you in a sense. So, I mean, I know everything that he didn't say was negative, but I thought that he could have, in a sense, um, he could have kept it on the up and up more so. I think yeah, I think that was a low move. I, I thought that was interesting. That's all. But I mean, that wasn't on the on on the docket. Right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I just thought it was interesting, man. Look, I mean, wh- who are y'all sleepers in this draft? I mean, we we didn't do, we discussed it in in depth. I mean, what I mean, who are y'all sleepers? 
Well, I'm going to go back to the running back position. For me, my sleeper in the draft would be Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, mm. he's one of the, the, the guys that's not really being talked about right now. You know, he's probably going to end up going maybe second or third round, second if he's lucky. Um, but he's a guy that's 5'11", 220, you know, so he has the build to be a starting running back. But at the same time, he also has, he proved in college that he has return ability. You know, um, he breaks through arm tackles, you know. What I was looking at was to see if he had that breakaway speed, you know, and at the combine, he ended up running a 4-4 at that size. So that was impressive to me. So you got every year you have that late round running back that end up, you know, um, being a starting running back and coming out of nowhere. So I think he can be that guy this year, you know, uh, with that starting running back going down, possibly with injury, and he's showing up on the scene later on in the year. Yeah, uh, my guy actually sounds kind of similar to your guy, but my guy is Carrion Johnson out of Auburn. I like Carrion. Um, once again, you hear my SEC bias going on here. You hear it over and over again. But, but we saw yes. him. We saw him. Yeah, we saw we him saw in LSU play Auburn this year, yeah. and Carrion is a beast. Yeah, and honestly, if Auburn didn't stop feeding Carrion Johnson, we might have lost that game. Yeah, uh, he's just a, he's a special running back. I mean, you're talking about the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. That's difficult to achieve, but he led the SEC in rushing. And with guys. Yeah, with all of those good running backs there, over 1,400 yards rushing. Um, and throughout his career, I mean, he had, what, about 55 receptions throughout his re- career, so he showed that he can come out of the backfield, catch it out of the backfield, and he's also, he can return as well. He served as a kick returner um, periodically, so I think he's a guy that's going to go in kind of that second or third round range. Um, that's going to be good value for whatever team he goes to that may miss out on that Saquon or may miss out on that Geis. Um, landing carry on later in the rounds could be beneficial to them. Yes, sir. And my sleeper that I have is Lamar Jackson out of Louisville. I think that he's a great. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. Uh, you you heard the comparisons to Vic. He reminds me of a Vic. Uh, and also, I mean, he's going to be a future saint. Yeah, I said it. He's going to be a future <laughs> You're calling saint. it right now. I'm huh? calling it. I'm speaking Steve. it into existence, man. <laughs> like your uncle right, LeVar, huh? <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> LeVar, huh? But anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's interesting. To wrap up, I, you know, draft segment. Good luck to all those guys. We see how hard you work. Um, go ahead. You know, go out there, perform. We wish you well. Uh, so, you know, as the segment, as the segment, we're gonna just transition, man. And you know, the the NBA is heating up right now. Uh, last night was was awesome just to see that games meant something. On that eighty second game, you those games actually meant something. If you was privileged to watch them, the intensity was at an all time high. I mean. We've already, like, playoff season is among us, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just feel it. You know, you you know they, they're taking it up another gear. Boy, you sound excited right now. Man, I am so excited. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Motivational speech right now. Man, I'm just... Yeah, I am extremely excited. What type of LeBron you think we'll see these playoffs? You know, I think that, you know, LeBron's going to be aggressive. I think that he's going to have to average 36 points a series in order for his team to even have a shot. So I mean I'm I'm expecting to see a, 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 a you know a more score first mentality LeBron than we've seen in the past, and I'm expecting to see him average 36 points a game. What I mean, what you think? You know, I mean I, I yeah, I think we're gonna get the LeBron the LeBron that's going to pretty much average a triple double. You know, the do it all LeBron because he don't have the pieces that he had 
in previous years, like a Kyrie Irving that took the, the stress off of him and the pressure off him. You know, he has like, you know, little pieces now, you know, like Jordan Clarkson, but Kevin Love definitely going to have to step up now, you know, that yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's the second option on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I really agree with both of y'all. Honestly, I think it's going to be kind of a blend. I mean, we saw him last finals. He was kind of both of what y'all said. I think in last finals, he averaged roughly around maybe 32, somewhere around there. But he mm -hmm. averaged that triple-double with it. I think he's going to have to completely fill that stat sheet. Um, and he's going to have the moments where he's going to, once it gets down to the stretch, he's going to have to take over. You know, he doesn't have, like you said, Kyrie to look to now to say, hey, Kyrie, go get us a bucket down the stretch. Or, hey, we're going to put it in your hand and you're going to ISO. He's going to have to be that guy now. Yeah, I mean... I think that, you know, with the matchups that's going on, you know, uh, I think that ultimately I wouldn't be surprised if he did, if they, if the Cavs didn't make it to the conference final. I don't have them in my, uh, I don't have them in the NBA finals. Oh, okay. A little bold prediction. Yeah. Huh? So, I mean, I don't think the Cavs are, you know, I just really don't feel like the Cavs are just as good as any team he's been on. I, th I don't, I don't want to doubt, uh, I don't want to doubt uh, LeBron. At all, because I mean, he's proven it time and time again that he can make things happen. But you know, it's not blasphemous to say that you know that they won't make the NBA finals. So, who do you have in there? Uh, in the NBA finals, I have uh, the in the NBA finals, I have the Raptors yeah. in, the, in the Golden State, of course. I have the uh, Rockets and the I'm gonna go with the Sixers. Oh, you're getting a little bold here, huh? So, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out of nowhere, yeah. Uh, looking at the seeding and looking at the like the where they're going to match up, you know, I think the Cavs and the uh, Sixers are going to end up in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think yeah. I think the Sixers, you know, with that last game and watching them, I think they, they, they arrived. And then they beat them without Joel Embiid. So I think the Sixers are going to get there. Right, so so you think with that in, that playoff inexperience that they can kind of make this happen in, in really year one of getting back into the playoffs? No, I didn't say they was going to win it. I said they're going to get there. I just think they have the most talented team right now in the East. You know, you got the Boston Celtics that's banged up. You got Toronto yeah. that never really do well in the playoffs, in my opinion. And then you got, you know, the Cavs, who's just not the same Cavs that they used to be. And I think, you know, LeBron's going to run into – a portion where he's just going to wear down. And then, you know, you got the Sixers who, you know, if they hit their stride, you know, they got all the shooters, they got all the talent, they got Ben Simmons, they got Joel Embiid, you know. I think they ready. Yeah, I mean, I think my finals pick may be kind of boring because I'm kind of going with what we've seen for like the last three years or so. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm going to have to go ahead and go back with that rematch. I got Golden State coming out of the West and Cleveland in the East. Um, I do kind of feel you on that Philly pick. The only thing is I think they just may be a little bit too inexperienced. And down the stretch, as far as like closing games, I don't think you can really have the ball in Ben Simmons' hands. And the reason why I mainly say that is just because he's such a bad free throw shooter. I think that that's going to be kind of difficult when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and then also when they can finally, they're going against a team that can really scheme for them and game plan for them in a series, it's going to be something that they haven't kind of seen. And then I think that many people right now are, are kind of sleeping on the Warriors a little bit just because of the Steph injury. Um, but I think that we can't forget that they still have 
Well, I put him at number one. Y'all got LeBron still at number one. But they have one of the top two players still in the league, in the world right now, in Kevin Durant. And you still got that supporting cast with Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and all those guys. So I just think that when it comes around to June again, we may be seeing something that we've seen for the last three years. Oh, yeah, Golden State for sure, man. Nobody's beating Golden State. As long as they stay healthy, Golden State had this on lock for the next two years. Which is why, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. We are Lakers fans, I'm yeah. sorry. And, you know, I'm happy that we, you know, rebuilding right now because it don't matter how good you are, what team you put together, Golden State is just one of those teams that you're just not going to beat, right. you right. know, I, in you a seven-game series. I really think uh, the Spurs going to give them fits first round just because they don't have Steph and then you got Popovich over there uh, that's, you know. I don't see can, it. Uh, that can the scheme, you know what I'm saying? That can scheme. I can. I really can see them going six, seven games with the Spurs. I don't no, see. It. I don't see. I don't it. see it. I'm, see I'm projecting it. a sweet. I say five. Wow. I say five games. Five. You yeah. think? You think the Spurs? I think the Spurs, Spurs get one? You, you got to get a Spurs one. Uh, if if I think six or seven. I don't think so. I mean, I think that the Golden State they should be able to sweep them. But my interesting matchup is that three four three six matchup with the. Uh, Portland Trail Blazers and the Pelicans. Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting that, matchup. Yeah, that's a long But period. I think ultimately the Blazers is going to overcome because I think that they're going to expose the Pelicans' weak guard play. They have very mediocre guard play. I and mean, I, Drew been playing pretty good, bro. Drew, Drew, I mean, Drew, what Drew are you going to get, though? Right now you've been getting Drew that's solid on both ends of the ball. He's been playing very good, very tough defense. Yes. And um and offensively you you got a versatile guard he can slash he can get to the basket. Who are you talking about, Rondo? No, I'm not talking about Rondo. I'm talking, <laughs> still talking about Drew right now. <laughs> Trust me, I will not mention shooting and Rondo in the same sentence ever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be an interesting series. I think it will be. I just think that the Pelicans, you know, I think that one thing that they're that they're lacking is that is that they're not willing to build around their superstar. You're only gonna get a guy like AD. You know, every, you know, every, maybe, he's a generational, he's generational talent. Generational. He's, I got him top five in my players in the league, top five best players in the league. You know, when you have a guy like AD and and for them not to, you know, go out and at least try to attempt to even draft a, a talented guard, or, or, you know, they're not going out of their way to build around him. And, you know, they're going to wonder in a couple of years when his contract up is why he's leaving you know, but you got a guy that's averaging twenty five and ten. Like, why? Why won't you build around him? You know, I, I mean, it just really irritates me. It's like they don't want to spend the money or something like that. You know, I mean, I mean they did go out and get Boogie. You know, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I knew, I knew. I mean, I got. We, I mean, Boogie and, and AD, they're the same type of player to me. You right, know? they are versatile bigs. I agree with that. That is a little long at the, the the center position. Yeah, I don't think that that's a championship team. You know, with just AD and Boogie, they need guards. They need guard play. Yeah, but I think you're making it seem easier than what it really is. I mean, it's it's not as simple as just saying, hey, we're going to go out in the field and pluck a guard off the tree. And no, get like, it, that's not it, but it's a lot of young guards that you can get. You know, when I look at Van Pleet with Toronto, when I look at, you know, we was able to get Josh Hart as a shooting guard, but... You know, you, there are, you know, we got Clarkson in the second, Jordan Clarkson in the second round. There are guards out there. 
You yeah, know? I think that the I mean their pick Frank Jackson just kind of busted on them because he was he was hurt. I mean they drafted him. He looked like a nice little prospect out of Duke. I'm not saying that he would have been the greatest coming out of there. Yeah, because Frank Jackson definitely was a young Kyrie coming out. Ah, did I say that? <laughs> did I say that at all? No, nah, I just said that he would have been a nice little serviceable player. But I mean, they couldn't game plan for his injury. I mean, just all the years that they had Eric Gordon there. They didn't know that Eric Gordon every single year was going to well, be Well, Eric didn't want to be there. Yeah, so I, I'm just <laughs> but saying. But my point is, it's not just this year. I'm just looking at ever since AD has been in the league. It just don't seem like. I mean, the boogie was a good good deal. Don't they get went me out to go get Drew. I mean, okay, but I mean, I'm not the biggest Drew fan Yeah, I, in I general. I don't give him enough credit, he, man. I don't know. Man, Drew, I, don't, I just never really too much cared for Drew's game because he's like, he'll, he'll do what he's doing now. And then he'll just fall off. And then he's just, like, inconsistent. You know? So, I, I don't know. But we run it off. Of, but another another interesting matchup, I think, is I think that OKC Jazz matchup will be interesting as well. That that uh, that 4-5 four, that four seed matchup in the West. No, definitely. I think uh, I'm kind of mad that they were able to get the 4 seed home court advantage. Being a Lakers fan, I wanted to – Maybe them to get in like the eight seed and yeah. face the Rockets first round to where they can struggle. But yeah. you know, it, it's looking good for them. I mean, you know, if they it, it's a good matchup, but I think ultimately the Thunder will win. You know, I would rather them. You know, between the, the two as weakest teams to me in the playoffs are probably Utah and the Pelicans. You know, and they they got one of those weaker teams going forward. Yeah, speaking of Utah. They have a young little rookie called Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if you heard of You're him. Talking about the rookie of the year right now? <laughs> yeah, who's been tearing it up. So who do you think will win that rookie of the year? That's a that's a hot subject right now. Uh, I say Ben. You know, it's not my LSU bias at all, but I just say Ben. I think Ben has done enough and has been consistent enough. He, sec- he uh, was second in, 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 in league history as a rookie with the most, you know, most triple doubles. Uh, I mean, have you seen that list? Magic's on that list. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got, you got I mean, Robinson that's great. You know, yeah, I think that he's been consistent. I think he, he's done enough. You know, Donovan Mitchell, of course, has had great performances, big, huge performances, and to lead his team in scoring as a rookie and to take his team to the playoffs as a rookie is impressive. First one to do that, just like you were saying, since yeah. Melo, as a rookie, to lead his team in scoring while taking them to the playoffs. Even though Melo's And you just off. wanted to run off some lists, so if I want to run off some as well, Donovan Mitchell is only the fifth rookie in league history to lead his team in scoring while leading them to 45 wins. And you talked about how impressive your list. You want to hear who's on mine? Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, and David Robinson. Yeah, that's pretty The only other four. The only other four on that list. That's good numbers. I ain't going to lie. But at the same time, you look at the numbers across the board, you know, the only only thing that he has on Ben Simmons is the point category. When you look at the overall game that – Ben Simmons bring, you know, you, you got a guy that's averaging 16.8 rebounds, 8 assists, and not only that, led his team without Joel Embiid for a 15-game win streak to end the season. Man, you can't touch that. You on the, you on the list with Oscar Robson, who had 26 triple-doubles, and he just passed Max Johnson this year, who had 8 triple-doubles, so he finished the season with 12 triple-doubles, man. You And you know what? I like 
I like the the debate between these two guys, them going at each other in the social media. Yeah, and all that. that's, yeah, that, that's fun. Yeah, I like right. Yeah, that sweatshirt. Was, that sweatshirt was pretty pretty nice. I, honestly, bro, I agree with my boy Donovan, and I might sound biased right now because I'm saying that he should be rookie of the year. But I'm not a big fan of this whole red shirt rookie, all of that. You can be in the league, but you not. I can see okay. that. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I'm rolling. Look, rules are rules at the end of the day. I mean, we haven't had a debate like this since Blake Griffin and John Wall debate because Blake Griffin did the same thing and ended up winning the rookie of the year. And then John Wall, you know, came back. You know, he probably should have won it if Blake Griffin wasn't in that red shirt rookie class, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just think, I just think like we said, too, another big thing for me – for Donovan Mitchell is the fact that on his team, he is the guy. Like, as far as, like, he is, to me, when you look at the Utah Jazz, he is the number one guy on that team. He is the go-to scorer, the one that even when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, when it gets down into the playoffs, is they going to go for it. Like, he's the one who the ball, when it gets into those big moments, the ball is going to be in his hands. He's that number one option that has led them. I mean, in my mind, Ben has been able to also rely on Joel and B being over there. And so I, I don't agree. I don't agree, man. I don't agree. Just because Joel B went down the injury halfway through this win streak and he carried them throughout, you know, after yeah, that point. You, you can't discount the leadership and then he's done it all without a jump shot. <laughs> right. And then you think about, look. That boy don't even think about shooting, bro. <laughs> and put up a triple-double. Do you see how this boy was taking the king to the hoop? You talking about King James, the best player in the league. Now, granted, King James dropped a triple-double on him, too. But this guy, the first prince, you know, hashtag first prince. <laughs> oh, my God. He ended up, end up bringing it to King James. How yeah. you the first prince? He ain't even fresh. <laughs> don't do that to him. <laughs> hey, I'm joking, Ben. Brother, I'm joking, man. man. Don't do that to him. Hey, shout out to Ben, man. Shout out to I mean, and I mean, I believe it's, it's a legit argument. Honestly, the way that I've looked at it even too for a while, even though I lean to the Donovan Mitchell way, man, I really could see it being co-rookies of the year. I mean, we haven't had that since, man, I hate that. since I 94, hate, I hate, 90. I hate co-awards, bro. I just I hate mean, it. I mean, but like, you look at... That's, that's such a cop-out, But you bro. look at what both of them have done. I mean, that year when it happened with Grant Hill and Jason Kidd in 94-95, it was merit. It's close, but I'll give a nod to Ben because Ben has been doing this all year. You know, Donovan yeah. took off after All-Star. After oh, All-Star I don't know if I agree with that. I think Donovan had a slow start probably his first couple of games. I had him on first my fantasy couple team. Games? I had him I had him on my fantasy team, so I'm not gonna even lie. I drafted him and then I dropped him. And I say Lowe's kinda benefited from that since like a ground ball. <laughs> yeah. Lowe's kinda benefited since he beat me in the in the championship for that. Man, for I'm having plug his championship win on <laughs> but on the pod. Right, right. But still, I think Donovan, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. But, I mean, you can't get off to too much of a slow start if you averaging 20 points a game. Like, he got it picked Bro, up. Had, how many 40-point games did he have? Uh, uh, just, just, I, off the top of my head, it was a couple. It was probably like two or three 40-point games. average. Yeah, it was like – it was. but still, he's been a consistent guy throughout the season. It's not like he just – like you said, just woke up and all of a sudden it just... Quit. I mean, no, nah, that ain't what I'm saying, but... You I, said after the All-Star break, bro, that's over half the season. No, <laughs> I'm saying that Ben has done it all year, though. Ben, ben hit the ground hit the ground running. Like, he's been triple-double, you know. You know, he's been almost triple-double. You know, he's been doing a lot. I mean, and then appreciate his game and what he brings to the table. I mean, it's close, though. I like... Shout-out to those guys. So uh, I wish him well. 25th. When who will be the rookie? Of the yeah, year? it'll be. It's a day. It's gonna be close. I got Ben though. 
and okay. rock with my boy Donnie. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Okay, okay, okay. So we got the you know we got that out that rookie debate out of our system. Um, so who did we did we did we discuss? Uh, I want to jump back. We didn't discuss this quote that I found. You know, y'all y'all listen to this one, man. It's it's very it's gonna be very int it's gonna be interesting and shocking at the same time. I'm gonna read this what quote. You got, bro? And it, it's about my and, and ironically it's about my sleeper in the in the, my draft process. You would make this about you in the process, bro. <laughs> you would make it about what you. you. What you trying to say, bro? Nah, I'm just saying, bro. So the great Bill Belichick had some great words for our for my guy Lamar uh, Jackson the other day. If my phone will allow me to find the quote. Yeah, you struggling, bro. Yeah, and it's not it's not allowing me right now. It's not working with me. Uh, j- y'all just talk about something right quick while I find no, this quote. No, but to the extent, he pretty much said... I want know, the direct um, quote. I want the direct quote. Y'all talk about something right. else. Well, no. <laughs> we just going to flip topics. Said, <laughs> <laughs> talk like... You, you can talk about like y'all sleepers or something. I'll talk about like... No. Some football or something. Did didn't we just talk about our sleepers already, bro? You didn't got it. Look, How you look, gonna get us talking look, about look, Lamar Jackson look, look, and then say look, not talk about Lamar No, Lamar I'm Jackson. saying with the with the prospect. Josh Rosen said I'm the best QB in this draft. Do y'all agree? Y'all obviously agree with that. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. we definitely agree with that. What, what but ha- you got us talking what, about why, Lamar why Jackson. Why y'all why nobody's talking about Sam Donald no more? Because when he when he was in USC everybody was like, Oh my goodness, he's the next, you know, this, that, and other. You think Sam Donald has fallen off. Like, I thought he had a decent combine. You don't think he had a decent combine? I mean, I thought he was. I thought he was decent. I thought his pro day kind of fell into his lap too. That he had the conditions where it was raining outside, and he was still throwing those those darts. Oh, that, was, that was the perfect yeah, setup. It was like a, it, was, it was it was dramatic. Yeah, bro. it was dramatic and showed what he can do in all type of conditions. I mean, I like Sam Donald. I'm not personally as high on him. Now, I know that Lowe said that at one point when we were talking off air that he said about two or three of these guys could be Hall of Famers or something like that. I don't know if he still thinks that or what. No, I I definitely think that because this is a draft you're going to see probably five quarterbacks go first round, which is kind of unheard of right now. Even, you know, you might see like four going to top five, which teams trading up. But, um, yeah, I would say about two or three of these guys may end up being Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I know that's kind of bold, but... I like what I see, especially from Josh Rosen. Then you look at a quarterback it. like Lamar Jackson. So I got the quote. Oh, speaking of luck, that's a great segue. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Found it, huh? So the great Bill Belichick said about Lamar Jackson, I believe after watching Deshaun Watson tear up his defense, I want a player like Lamar Jackson on my team. What do you think about of a guy of Belichick's caliber, very decorated, five championship rings, what do you think that says? He's coached the the goat, arguably the goat, Tom Brady, and he said that about Lamar Jackson. That all but confirms it, right? No, definitely. And even I even saw on uh, Instagram where Tom Brady, you know, with Deion Sanders said something about that same quote, and then Tom Brady commented on it, saying that Lamar Jackson is a beast. So you got yeah. Belichick, and then you got Tom Brady both saying he's a beast, and then you got the the not to mention the Patriots trading and getting our first pick. So they have a twenty third pick, so they're right in that range. So hey, the, everything is lined up. It sounds like Tom Brady's on board. I'm getting nervous, man. We, we got that 27th pick, bro, and I'm I'm just going to hope that Lamar just continues to fly under the radar because Belichick sees what I see. 
you know, and Lamar is a very extremely coachable guy. He's, you know, he's, and then he has the opportunity to learn from the goat, man. Yeah. I just, I, I just hope Lamar slips, bro. Like he has, he was it's doing well yeah. until Belichick said that Lamar was almost gonna about to guarantee going second round. And, and what you have to look at now with Belichick saying that is that any team that has been looking at Lamar that's a little antsy yeah. now that's gonna make them a little bit more antsy to potentially trade yeah. up to go get him. Yeah. Um, so sitting back at twenty seven now, I don't know if you'll see him fall there because now with this in the air, people are gonna be thinking, okay, right, Patriots have two first round picks. We got to make sure we go get our guy. And then I'm seeing a lot of reports that they're saying that the Patriots are the most interested team in in Lamar. So it's you know it's interesting to see where he's gonna go. I hope that he ends up in that black and gold man. Yeah, I, I just don't want to see him in New England, man. I've been looking forward to the day that Tom Brady will call it quits. And that hopefully that dynasty will die down because I do not like the Patriots, have not liked them for years. So I don't want them to find that guy that's going to come after Brady and then carry it on for another 10 or 15 years. Yeah, I feel that. Well, man, I think we just about covered it, man. Opinionated bench warmers, man. Just like I said, if you enjoy what you heard, make sure you follow us on O underscore bench warmers on Instagram and Twitter. If you're still on Facebook, just search us up, Opinionated Bench Warmers. And we we should pop up, like our page, share our page. If you want to, if you're feeling great and you absolutely love what you heard, don't hesitate to just screenshot our logo, shout us out on your page, and get us on share, 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 share this link to the pod if you like what you hear. Man, we're here, we're on the scene, we're not going anywhere. Man, we we're excited to get this kicked off. So, uh, just check us out next episode. We appreciate the support. Yeah, appreciate the love.